Welcome to the Rebel and Muse podcast, where you can join us on our journey of self-improvement. I'm Kaleo Wassman. And I'm Melanie Wassman. Tune in each week to discover how we find balance in health, love, and life. Right, so this is this is really challenging for me, all of you out there um, listening. So I've struggled with deciding to tell my story or not. Um, you know, it's it's a pretty interesting story, I think. Um, let's just call this a cautionary tale. But since we have um, this podcast is about health and life and balance, I figured I might as well just be completely honest and and go for it. So I'm ready to tell my story. I already am so hooked into this episode. <laughs> you just like boobs. <laughs> No, I, I'm on. I honestly, I know your story, and um, I'm excited that we get to to share it with uh, the listeners. Because if anyone out there who is listening gets something from this uh, encouragement, or um, you know, just just a little more relaxed about any issue that they might be going through concerning this or not, it's to me, it's just that's the true gift of giving when you're able to communicate to people. Right. So if you are driving in a car with your kids, taking them to school, um, and you don't want to hear about boob jobs, you might want to pause this and listen to it later. Okay. All right. So um, my story starts over 20 years ago, and I'm totally dating myself here. But I decided at that time I was, um, you know, being cast in commercials and TV shows and doing some print work and and I decided that I didn't like my little boobs and that I would fill out a bikini much better and get more jobs if I got my boobs done, had breast augmentation. And again, this was, you know, 20 something years ago, 20 years ago, maybe. And, you know, it was a it was a decision not just about getting work, but it made me feel a lot better. And this is a, you know, a very young person decision would I have made that decision today probably not um but I'll tell you about my journey with my boobs okay all right so when I had them done super long ago you know they always tell you um you always hear oh you're gonna have to have them done 10 to 15 years have them replaced and when you're that young you know I'm I I was just like yeah okay I'm gonna be old by then (laughs) you never you never think like 10 years from now is so long 15 years is way longer I want to be an old lady who cares so you know I just didn't even think about it just gung-ho did it super excited I was happy with the results and you know cut to about 10 years ago so this was maybe 10 years into my um, after my surgery um, I started to get complications so I had what's called capsular contracture. And that is the hardening of the tissue in the, the pocket that the implant sits in. And it was just a little bit more firm than the other one. But over the course of, you know, 10 years, um, I started to have a lot of asymmetry. So one of my boobs was hard and higher than the other and started to become misshapen but the worst part about it was the pain and you can attest to that babe yeah i was in a lot of pain for a few years actually i never really truly understood the pain um but i i knew that you weren't comfortable so what was the pain like 
Um, it would range from a, a dull ache that was pretty consistent to some sharp, sharp pains where I'd have to kind of press in a little bit on my my left breast to kind of alleviate it. So I don't know what it was, but hmm. it it wasn't good. Right. <laughs> it wasn't it, it wasn't feeling well. Yeah. And I I mean it uh, it got so bad that I couldn't lay on my stomach at all. I don't think I had a massage for 2 years. Which to me is just that's bat shit. That is right. way too long. Yeah. So you know, I always realized, okay, I'm going to have to do something about this soon. I'm going to have to do something about this. Finally, one day I just, I said, you know what, this, it's time. It's time. I'm totally misshapen on one side. I have this constant pain and something's not right. So for me, um, you know, going through, it was about 10 years of asymmetry and pain, but seriously, the past few years where it started to get gradually worse and worse. And it was a really difficult decision for me whether to remove them or to have a revision. And, you know, let me just back up a little bit. This has been um, a long time coming for me to actually tell this story because there's such a stigma around plastic surgery. And, you know, as most humans, I'm putting myself out there with that fear of being judged. Just so you know, there's there shouldn't be any judgment whatsoever I mean, surgery, plastic surgery, it's its all elective. And I mean, if you're going to feel better about yourself, I really don't care if you have plastic surgery or not. Whatever makes a person feel better, its that's super important to that person. Right. But I'm just saying, you know, it was a decision so long ago. And here's me today trying to live this healthy, holistic lifestyle with, with breast implants. So I felt like... Uh, you know, like a, a, a walking um, dichotomy here, if that's the right word. And so coming back to my decision to have the surgery again, I went back and forth for a long time. It was a difficult decision. Do I have them completely removed or do I go through a revision? And the reason why, so I'll, I'll let you know, I actually chose the revision. So I, I got them replaced. And a few things factored into my decision here. The first one was, and I, I hate to say it, but you know, money is money is an issue. I, I decided that it was going to be really too expensive. Having a revision is already more um, priced higher because there's so much more work that has to be done. And with that cost, if I were to have them taken out because of the the size of implant that I had, I would have to undergo a second surgery while still being under anesthesia, so the anesthesia is longer, um, to have a lift. So that would tack on an additional, you know, seven, eight thousand dollars to the already pretty high cost. So that was one of the factors. Second factor is, you know, we I would be under anesthesia for a much longer time. Third is that I honestly, it's a vanity decision. I didn't want to have these major scars. You know me, I like to be, you know, I like to, don't like to wear clothes <laughs> around the house too much. So I didn't want to have these, what I, in my mind, pictured these horrific scars. Now I've seen, I've seen friends that have had lifts and they actually look really good. But for me, I was, I, I had that fear. So being completely honest and vulnerable here with you all is that, you know, Kaleo and I at this point, 
We've been married for 15 plus years, if you're listening to it in real time, um, together, you know, a few years longer or a couple years longer. And for 10 years of that, I had, I felt like my, one of my breasts were (laughs) not like the other one. And I was very ashamed about that. I was very shy. And I just wanted to feel sexy again, you know, and, and being married for so long, I didn't want to have this drastic change with, first of all, going from that for so long and then having these scars. And I just, I decided to undergo the revision. And so, like I said, that was a really big decision for me. Let me back up just a little bit. You know, even though I was feeling ashamed, embarrassed with this uh, malformation or asymmetry that I was experiencing, you never made me feel less than beautiful. So thank you for that. Even if I wasn't feeling beautiful myself, you really, really made me feel so loved and so beautiful. Yeah, because you're hot. Like you're... (laughs) But it, honestly, everyone I, I there, I felt like a Picasso boob painting. And, <laughs> and, and I'm going to go ahead and from my perspective, think that's really, really dramatic to me. Um, but however, it's how the individual feels. Right. And so if you're, like I said in the beginning, if you're not feeling the way that you want to, do something about it and feel the best that you can. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to feel normal and and beautiful again. And so that factored into my decision as well to, you know, to not have them completely taken out and have the lift and have all of those scars. And um, I decided to ask around for referrals for doctors that could do this revision. And of course, I, I looked online and, you know, I did all of my research there, but I wanted to have... I wanted to know somebody who has had personal experience with the doctor that I went to just, you know, because this is this is a huge decision for me to do it. And I was really, really nervous. Right. Someone to vouch for the person that you're going to be doing this procedure with. Right. Because it's not just the doctor. It's not just the results. It's not just, you know, the, the before and after pictures you look at in their book. But it's the whole experience from the moment you have your consultation to the the nurses and the patient coordinator everyone in there in the person who validates your parking ticket you know it's a big decision and you want the experience to be good you don't want to go into somewhere where someone may be um, less than helpful or um, hopefully not rude but you know you you want to feel comfortable and taken care of i only go to dentist that i get you know (laughs) <laughs> recommended to so I can only imagine something as personal as this yeah you're wanting to do it exactly yeah so I I found a doctor and um, I'm just gonna call him up by name Dr. Teitelbaum out of Santa Monica who is amazing his whole staff was wonderful Karen is the the head nurse um, gosh I don't remember my actual nurse on the day of surgery but you know of course I was pretty drugged up so but Vicky the patient coordinator everyone in there is is wonderful and I highly recommend them um, I'll put them in the the notes but I was really nervous I think I mean I have what they call white coat syndrome so even if I go to a doctor for a checkup or whatever I get really nervous my heart starts pounding I get sweaty yep. I just I don't like hospitals I'm the, or doctors I'm the same way yeah, so I went in there for my consultation and I just started crying. 
They probably thought I was a nut. I just started crying. And, I, you know, I don't think they see that very often. I think people usually go in there with excitement. Ooh, I'm going to get new boobs or whatever you're going in for. So it's a happy time. I just lost it. <laughs> this is a, a, just an accumulation of things. That yeah, but, I but mean, it, it's been 10 years of just, you know. Yeah, wondering, you know. Yeah. So um, I decided to go with Dr. Teitelbaum, and it was a really good decision that I did. I was recommended to him by a friend of mine. So when I finally went in to get my um, consultation, they told me I had to have a full physical. I had to do a mammogram, and I hadn't had one before in my life. What is that to all us people who don't know what a mammogram? I mean, I've <laughs> heard the, that all mammogram people thing. people with balls. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> um, a mammogram is a, it's a procedure where they smash your boob down, and they are checking for um, cancer and lumps and any um, anything that's. How do they smash your boob down? Oh, it's this machine that like you you put your boob in there and they it, it lowers down like clamps down on it Ugh. oh it's horrible and God, can you imagine <laughs> doing that to my balls right i know there's no way yeah <gasps> the machine was definitely made by a man so and then they scan it and they check it so anyway let me go back to yeah, all I'm these sorry. tests that i had to do Ugh. so i went to my doctor which i, I mean I rarely go to the doctor, so I don't didn't really have a doctor. I, I went to Kaiser, and I had my full panel done. You know everything that they needed for Doctor Teitelbaum. It was kind of like a pre-surgery clearance, uh-huh. and this just threw me on a whole other journey. So first of all, I'm super nervous about the surgery. I'm still going back and forth in my mind. Am I making the right decision? Should I just have them taken out and call it a day? Like. Am I just being vain about things? And you know, the, so I had a lot going on. Right. So I went to the doctor, had all these tests done. Final test was an EKG. And the EKG, I think I've talked about this in a previous podcast. The EKG is where they they test your heart and it's, you know, like a, a two minute test. They attach these things to you and the printout of your heart happens and you're on your way. So it was finished. I got up and, you know, put my shirt back on. And she goes, oh, oh, hang on. Wait a minute. Hmm, we're going to have to go do more tests. No. <laughs> no. A hospital would never say that. <laughs> so come to find out, I have a, some heart issues, right, that I would have just incidental finding that I would have never known except I needed this this pre-surgery clearance. Okay, so sh- that, before we go on, yeah. that incidental finding thing, that is such a huge, I would say, money-making hook in Western medicine. Yes, and it just puts you on this hamster wheel of fear Ugh. because they're trying to rule out, quote-unquote, I'm doing air quotes here, they're trying to rule <laughs> out all of these really <laughs> shitty, scary things Right? right. So, but she, but incidentally, they found other things that could be even more frightening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This so, is a great model, by the so way. So she writes down on my heart printout because now I have to go to a different um, center to go get uh, what is it when you have a ultrasound, an ultrasound of my heart. I don't remember what that one's called. Hmm. Echocardiogram. Anyway. I had to go get another test. So that was on a different day. So she writes down on the paper, arrhythmia, brachycardia, ruling out valvulopathy. And 
she said, okay, Melanie, you know, I'm going to schedule this for whatever day it is. You go in. But do me a favor, don't Google this. <laughs> so, I just looked her straight in the face. I said, you know that's exactly what I'm going to do, right? Yeah, that's what everybody she does. She I'm warning you. I'm warning you, don't do it. We're just trying to rule this out. And I said, okay, what about these other two things that I that you're not ruling out? She goes, well, those you do have um, on this EKG, but they're pretty common. So don't worry about that. I'm like, well, well that's gonna... nice of her. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. She goes, it's nothing to be concerned with. I'm like, okay. Ah, so then I go get my uh, sonogram, ultrasound, whatever it is when you see the baby. Yeah, that's a it... that's an ultrasound. Oh. <laughs> Sauna sound. Sauna sound, right. Well, whatever it is. Uh-huh. But the good thing about this is that I saw my heart like beating. Oh, how cool. It was so cool. Yeah, I bet. I fell in love with my heart at that moment. And I just looked at it going, wow. I said, can I get a printout of this? She's like, no, it's not like having a baby. I'm like, oh, man, but that's that's inside me. That's my heart. Yeah. Now it you know how beautiful. I feel. I fell in love with your heart for a long time. <laughs> Thanks, yeah, it's, babe. It's a big heart too, isn't it? Thank you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I already talked about this on a podcast. But for those of you who maybe have missed that, so basically they ruled out valvulopathy, which when I Googled it, of course, it says very serious. You could just drop dead at any time. So luckily they ruled that one out. No, a hospital would never say that. <laughs> no, this was WebMD. Oh, oh okay, okay. Uh, which, you know, if you look up anything on WebMD, you're pretty much dead. Um <laughs> <laughs> so I went to go have this this ultrasound thing and watched my heart beating. And of course, I'm asking the the technician. I said, "Is if is everything okay? You can't tell me, can you?" She's like, "I can't say anything." I'm like, oh damn. So I get the printout, and then I get a phone call on my way home, and she said, "Oh, you know, it looks fine. Everything's fine. You just have looks like your left atrium is a little bit larger than the other." Or a little bit larger than it's supposed to be. So what she was trying to rule out was that I had something wrong with my valve that would not let blood through, and then all of a sudden, whoosh, it would push the blood through. So over all these years, it made that left atrium larger than it should be. So they ruled out all that stuff, and she basically said that I was born with um, my heart's different shaped than um, than normal. Oh my god! So we went. Heart. <laughs> so we went through. So we went through all of this, uh, the unknowing timeline, right. for you to realize that you were just born this way. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So I have a bigger heart. So so that was one test, right? All the other stuff, all the the blood work and everything, all that was normal. Um, so now I go to a different Kaiser to go have a mammogram, which I've never done. That's the boob in the... Clamp. Yeah, the boob, boob in the clamp thing, right? Yeah. Okay. So mammogram, I, I don't know how many of you out there listening have had one, but I've heard so many horror stories. So, you know, I guess you're supposed to have one when you turn 45 or something. Anyway, I, I just, I've, I've never had one. But I had to get clearance from from my doctor for Dr. Teitelbaum. So I had it, and she was really kind, really nice. It was very uncomfortable because at this point, you know, I still had my my old implants in, and it was really painful for mm. me. And, of course, I'm crying the whole time. She's like, does it hurt? I'm like, no, I'm just scared. I'm just nervous. I don't like to be in hospitals. So 
she's like, well, go, don't get dressed, go sit down. And I brought my computer, so I'm doing a little bit of work. She goes, if it comes back normal, you can just take off. If not, we'll send you downstairs for another um, ultrasound. I said, okay, you know, so I'm thinking everything's fine. And then she comes in with this like long face. I said, oh, I'm not getting dressed, am I? She's like, nope, honey, you're going downstairs, but it's gonna be okay. flood of tears again i'm just now i'm in the system right, right. of just testing and ugh, it was horrible so i go downstairs and i'm still crying and you know any of you out there who know me you know that that's not a rare thing i cry all the time so doing the ultrasound of the boobs and she finds this area that's concerning so I'm like, well, what is it? Is it a lump? Is it something I need to be worried about? And so she calls in another doctor, and they're looking at it. And so this takes probably an additional 15 minutes of these two, of the technician and two doctors looking at it. And they said, you know, I, I don't think there's anything to be concerned with. The reason why we're being extra careful is that you don't, you've never had a mammogram, and so there's nothing for us to go off of. This could have been there your entire life. So what now, could have been there? Um, there's just a little area that was, it wasn't like a dot or a lump, but it was this area of discoloration on the ultrasound. Huh. Yeah, which we'll get to okay. in a few okay, minutes. Okay, okay. Yeah. So they said, don't worry about it. We're going to clear you. All is well. Next time you have your mammogram, I don't even know how, when I'm not supposed to be, but next time you have your next mammogram, if there's any change, that's where we have you know, cause for concern. So I'll just pause there. So any of you out there who maybe have had your first mammogram and there's something that is a little um, iffy Mm -hmm. and they're unsure about it, but then they clear you, I would say don't worry about it until, you know, I, I mean, don't freak yourself out over it. The next time you get a mammogram, they'll have something to go off of. That was my thing. I freaked myself out over it thinking, you know, putting all these scary things in my head. Well, that's just the normal human reaction. I love that you came out and just said that. But when you get locked into the system, like you said, and I, I want to make something really clear. Most of the people I've ever met in a hospital have been nothing but outstanding to me. Mm-hmm. I want to, I really want to like make sure everyone knows that we're not speaking ill of anyone working in Western medicine. They're usually some of the best people in the world. They just have a protocol that I cannot stand Mm -hmm. and that is to like check and check and check and I, i understand their thoroughness but what happens is is there's so much money involved with these tests that it can be a real racket and uh to me that's the hardest part about trusting the western medicine model right but the people in there um during you know the the scary times yeah the scary times and the times that i've been in a hospital they have been nothing but you know amazing to me right so okay so go go ahead yeah so they they cleared me they said you know the we don't know what that is but it it could be some just some dense tissue the next time you have a mammogram we'll have something to go off of to see if there's any difference so now i mean i was Put it, you know, I didn't want to have a mammogram. I didn't want to know whatever, but that I was forced to have one. Now I'm going to be completely um, on time with my checkups just to be vigilant about that because it can detect, you know, give you some early detection if there is anything wrong. Cool. So let's go back to um, 
Okay, so I'm cleared for surgery. All is well there. Um, I found out that there's something going on in my boob, and I have uh, enlarged left atrium that I was possibly born with, and arrhythmia. (laughs) Great. (laughs) So I'm just feeling completely depleted and defeated. Like, man. So all this stuff now that I'm worried about that I would have never even known and hasn't caused me any issues, and the doctors say don't worry about any of it anyway, now I'm thinking that there's all this shit wrong with me. Mm -hmm. And so now I... (laughs) Now I'm I'm fear-based. Yeah. Now I have a belief that something could go wrong while I'm having the surgery. Exactly. Uh So I'm already nervous and hesitant and fearful about the anesthesia, now all of my thoughts are going to, well, I already have something wrong with my heart. I already have, some, you know, it's just right. the story that I was telling myself. Right. <sighs> so a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of nervous energy, a lot of questioning whether I'm doing the right thing, a lot of questioning, am I healthy? Even though they say so, maybe they could have missed something. So it was just, you know, my mind was going full speed. So I'd been preparing not just with all of these tests that I had to do, but I've been preparing, thanks to you, because, you know, I just have to tell you all out there, Kaleo did a lot of research on his own without telling me. And the research he did was not just on the, um, the surgery, but what you can do prior to the surgery, during and after to speed up the healing process. Holistically. Holistically, mm-hmm. right. So he, um, you know, he didn't even tell me he was doing this. He was just doing all this on his own. So if if any of you out there, I know this is probably boring, most men out there. However, if any of you men have ladies that are thinking about undergoing this surgery, um, you could probably learn a lot from, from this next part coming up how to take care of them right it doesn't even have to be a partner it could be a mom it could be a sister yeah it could be any it could be just a a, one of your best friends right yeah so it's just it's really valuable to to be able to help as much as you possibly can yeah and and the things that we did to prepare for surgery it doesn't have to be for breast augmentation it could be for any kind of any surgery it just helps you heal a lot faster yes so do you want to chime in now and and let them know for sure so the first thing i wanted to get you on was chlorella which is um it's like a type of spirulina but different it has different properties it's cell food it really what it does it breaks down to cellular nutrition and to have your cells as healthy as possible before surgery was vitally important and you know this is something i read about and i listened to a couple of podcasts about it um so i really wanted to get your body primed up for what was about to happen. So chlorella and spirulina, and then um, mix that all together in this like green juice that I made for you, which was Organifi green juice, which has so many amazing, uh, I know that they're called superfoods, but that term is just, you know, it's so loosely used, but everything in it is just goes to cellular support. And also collagen. And it's really funny that you're able to be okay with this because you don't eat any any kind of animal except for fish. Right. And let me go back a little bit to the Organifi. It took the taste out of, because even the collagen for me, I think it was a mental thing. It's supposed to have no flavor. You can mix it even with water. It's a, a powder and take it. It is a bovine product. Um, to me, it had a, 
a taste. Like I felt like I was eating beef tissue. <laughs> That's because you were. I know. That's exactly what so collagen is. So I had to is. mentally, you know, get out of that. But the um, Organifi took away the taste of that and also the chlorella, which is a pretty green tasting powder. I'm really grateful for that because the, the collagen really, really helped. Yeah. Um, all of the health benefits. And then also getting you on a probiotic, upping your probiotic. I know that mm-hmm. you take probiotics usually, but upping that. But also balancing that um, increased dosage with resistant starch. Resistant starch is basically, it's, it's starch that your, your body doesn't pass. So it gives the good bacteria in your gut a chance to feed. Mm-hmm. And so you can find this in like, green bananas or plantains or um, uh, cooked and cooled rice or cooked and cooled potato. Potatoes. Right. So um, I used to add a little bit of green banana flour to um, your Organifi green juice, collagen, Corella, and spirulina shake. And then at night, uh, we started to get you on the golden pace. Mm -hmm. It's basically when I um, heat on a stove, MCT or coconut oil, a little bit of turmeric and um, a little bit of pepper and I stir it until it becomes a paste and with that paste I let it cool then I'm able to use that by mixing it with hot water at the end of the day and then you can just slowly sip it and what this does it brings any inflammation in your body because you are going into some pretty heavy surgery mm-hmm. you had me on this for about a month prior to surgery and I continued well after surgery. And when you go into anything, well, Dr. Teitelbaum anyway, I don't know about other doctors, but um, pre-surgery, their rules are no drinking two weeks before. I stopped uh, a couple of months before and after. Just, I think they say two weeks before because it's a blood thinner. Mm -hmm. I wanted my body to be its optimal healthy self so that it could get through the surgery and heal really fast. I didn't want a lot of downtime. You did really well with this. And eating clean, healthy food and just really, really taking care of myself. And I went into surgery feeling amazing, feeling strong mentally and physically. And what they found in surgery was that the reason why I was having so much pain, so I didn't know this until I came out of surgery. And I was in so much pain that they, you know, when I went back the next day for my immediate after checkup, they said, yeah, well, you know, your implant was ruptured. And we had to basically, this is a little graphic, scrape out all of the tissue and um, stuff that had leaked from the implant. And that's why I was in so much pain. So it was a really gnarly surgery. And then um, then they put in the new implants and there we go. Here I am today. Right. But the healing part was a lot faster because I think, you know, you had me on this whole amazing cocktail of goodness with all those healthy things. This is the brilliant thing about where we live. We're able to use what we need to from a holistic standpoint and also from uh, Western medicine. Yeah. It's, it's really a blessing if you can align the two appropriately. I but, completely agree. But we really, really wanted to go after... As much as we could make the body as strong as we could, right. which inspired me to actually make this kind of like an everyday thing. So I'm drinking this shake all the time now. 
and I'm making my golden paste and I'm drinking it with hot water all the time just for the, the, the fact of I'm not getting prepped for any surgery. I just want to be at my best always. Exactly. Uh, oh, another thing I did was a therapeutic dose of vitamin C every day for about a month before and um, after once I was cleared to take supplements again. And that is uh, um, 3,000 milligrams a day. Just boosts your immune system and helps you fight anything. Helps your cells heal. Mm -hmm. At the cellular level, just preparing yourself for every day. Yeah. So my mom came out to, to help take care of me from Hawaii. Like an angel. <laughs> However, Kaleo did, you know, like I said, he did all this research. He got me a care pack, like a surgery healing pack of stuff that I would need. Which so the was technical adorable. the technical name was I, I created this post surgery uh, Ooh, package. Kit. Yeah, kit. yeah. He yeah. went on Amazon Prime and ordered all this stuff after doing all this research, and there was uh, some specific bandages in there. There was um, these not glass, they're metal straws, yeah. so that I could, in my reclined state, I could drink out of these straws. Right, because you, you um, couldn't actually take the the cup and drink it all the way down. You right. couldn't, you, your range of motion was so gentle yes. that you, your arms had to stay down, and so the cup brought the drink to your face. Boxes of Lara bars that he could put next to the couch in case I was hungry and <laughs> People couldn't get to me in time. It was the sweetest thing. And you actually, you helped take care of my mom as well. Not take care of her. She didn't need help taking care of. But you were cooking meals for us. You were anything we needed, both of us, you were there. And it was just so nice to have the two of you. I felt so blessed and, and really just really it, taking care it of It was a really great team to be a part of. Yeah, it was a really good team. And, and I wanted to cook just the, the most nutritional, dense meals possible with keeping all of the things that I needed to in mind anti-inflammatory number one because your body's in shock mm -hmm. not only that but you um, had all of these chemicals that you're not used to right exposed Painkillers to yes. and um, antibiotics which I don't take mm -hmm. so I mean my body was just freaking out so if I didn't you know, boost my immune system and get really, really healthy and clean diet beforehand. I can't even imagine how how crappy I would have felt after surgery. Everything that um, you did was right, yeah. and just the awareness that you brought into this. And I'll tell you, anybody listening right now, if you know that you're going to go into surgery or a loved one that's going to go into surgery, why not just go in and be prepared uh, in the best way possible? And to me, that's just always taking care of your temple, you know? Mm -hmm. It's just such a brilliant opportunity that we get these human bodies. And to take care of them, um, it, it's, it's truly an honor. It should never be a burden. I agree. Yeah. For any of you out there who may be a caretaker or a caregiver for someone going through any kind of surgery, one of the biggest um, points I can make, if I would, is to just be kind, give lots of love and lots of support. Even if the patient may not be um, grateful at the time or kind themselves, just know that they're not themselves right now because of all the chemicals, all the, the stuff, all the trauma that the body went through, whatever the surgery is, they may not be themselves. So just have some compassion and hopefully um, they'll they'll see that and they'll definitely recognize it and, and be grateful. I know what it's like when I hit my head on something. Like I become an asshole. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like I'll just swear. I'm like, I'll, I'll, I'll lose. I'll lose it. So I can only imagine coming out of something where uh, a doctor cut you open and scraped tissue off of your body. <laughs> so gross. I know. Well, it's you know. So yeah, I'm. You were going through a lot, and uh, and oh, I didn't even tell you guys this part. What did we forget? The drains. Oh, so this was interesting. Actually, that was so disgusting, and I love like blood and stuff. Like, and and I hate that stuff. I follow these Instagram medical surgical. I don't even know what they are. They're disgusting, Mel. They are so. I'm really fascinated by by that stuff. But I had these drains coming out that we needed to empty and measure the amount of output. And I thought for sure, that's one of the biggest reasons my mom came out from Hawaii to take care of me, was she said, I don't want Kaleo to have to do this. I want him to see the final product. So come to find out, Kaleo had been watching YouTube videos of how to take care of someone. (laughs) (laughs) You're so cute. I I learned how to drain you. After breast revision surgery. And included in that was how to empty the drains. And by, so he was fascinated by, by it. By the way, let me interrupt you real quick. If you are going to be a caregiver, the internet is heaven sent. I, <laughs> I, you can just watch and rewatch and rewatch. And then you can order things from the internet that are the exact things that you're watching and practice. Really? Yeah. So I was practicing this whole oh time. I was God, like, yeah, okay, adorable. I got this. Yeah. It was, and you did. You got it. You had it. You and my mom were angels. Yeah. So I was very fortunate to have them as my caregivers, and um, and I healed well, and I'm very happy with the results. But I go back to, we'll do a little recap, you know, 20 years ago had this surgery, I probably would not have made that decision in my adult, well, I was an adult, but um, now, nowadays. Um, but I did, and I am, I hope that my story will help somebody. Maybe it was just entertaining. Maybe it grossed you out. But I hope that there's one little takeaway from it. Either be kind to someone going through surgery. Maybe don't judge people for having plastic surgery. It's everyone's journey. Um, there's going to be multiple reasons why they do it, and it's their reasons. Um, and then just, you know, a, again, a, a cautionary tale. It's It's not just... A boob job it's some serious shit <laughs> it's, so if you're going to do anything please do your research and and look at all of the um look at all of the the what is it the pros and cons and make an educated decision absolutely i i agree with you on that the pros and cons however i i really don't think that you should hold any space for regret not only did this bring you to the awareness that you are at now and has brought you to the person that you are now, who I truly value. But it's giving us the opportunity to discuss something like this that we're gonna put available to to people and bring this kind of knowledge to them. So I, I know that you know you may have wanted to do it another way, but I'm really glad it happened the way that it did. And I'm really grateful that we're on the other side of it and we're able to to grow from it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I will put in the show notes um, Dr. Teitelbaum's information. I, I highly recommend him. He's a wonderful doctor. Uh, as well as all of those pre- and post-surgery supplements that I took. Mm-hmm. And I recommend those all the time. I mean, just to keep your body 
in its optimal health. Absolutely. And uh, I'm, I'm so happy that you're able to share all of this with us today. Mel, that was fantastic. Thank you very much yeah, for giving welcome. giving us the um, opportunity to know more about you and how beautiful you are. Thank you. Yeah, let's go make one of those shakes right now. And keep our health optimal. Perfect. All right, aloha. <laughs> Peace.